This is episode two of Being Average, Our Jesus Story. Welcome to Being Average, where we'll explore how to learn and use God's Word to strengthen our relationship with Him. I'm your host, Madeline Wood, and God has called me to use my testimony on how God is working in my life just as He is working in you for yours. These podcasts are going to be your Cliff Notes version to understanding and applying the Word of God to your life, where I will summarize what I have learned about God this week and then relating it to my very average issues that we all face. Tune in each week to journey with me on learning to keep God in the center of your life. Leave me a comment so I know you are here, and let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to our second episode. This is just an exciting moment. We made it to episode number two without dropping off the face of the planet. So, I mean, you know, just keeping through that faith and doing it even though it's pretty scary putting your feelings and thoughts out there on the internet for everyone to listen to. So... Glad that I've been able to power through and make my second episode, and I wouldn't be able to do it without all of y'all's encouragement, so I really appreciate the encouragement that I got on my first episode, so I'm really excited to share um, what I've learned this week, listening to the podcasts, um, reading my Bible, and listening to a church sermon, so I'm really excited that we're going to share this moment together, these 25 minutes. I had to narrow down kind of what I wanted to talk about because I didn't want to get too long-winded and I don't want you guys to have to take too many notes. And if you don't take notes, that's fine. I've found that taking notes helps me remember the word. And I was listening to Pastor Rick Warren. He's like, if you're not writing it down, you're not seeing it every day and you're not memorizing it and you need to memorize God's word so when Satan comes to bother you he comes knocking you can tell him hey it's written man like bye so that's really important you need to memorize all the things I'm telling you from like what I've heard you know this little uh, cliff notes version of you know hour-long podcasts and hours and hours of reading my bible so it's it's very important that you try to really digest these lessons going into the next week. So maybe on Sunday when you're supposed to be resting, just take that day to focus on what is God telling me and what am I going to do about it, right? Okay, so I wanted to talk about uh, Valentine's Day. It's probably my second favorite holiday. My first favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. Um, a lot of people don't really understand that. They think it's for the food, but I just love Thanksgiving because you get to, yeah hang out with all of the people that love you and, you know, just be thankful that you have them. But the follow-up to that is Valentine's Day. And I know people are like, oh, Cupid, but, you know, that's just a hallmark mumbo-jumbo. It was actually, you know, from St. Valentine. And, you know, I've, I've always loved Valentine's Day because it gets it allows me to see how many people appreciate me and I get to show other people that I appreciate them by you know, doing things with them. So I took my grandfather uh, to lunch and he's in hospice right now so that was like a big deal for him and it was just, it was so good. He, he was eating his fried fish, his fish and chips, his favorite thing at this place and he started crying because it was so good. And it's just amazing that God could like make that happen that we were able to get him all the way across town with few incidents and you know it's just great that God just you know held on to him helped him get in the car you know and he was so excited uh, he was, he actually woke up at 6 in the morning like a kid on christmas so it was it was a really good feeling and i just love 
being there for him. And I think Valentine's Day is a great day that you can show that you really appreciate the people that help you and you really appreciate the people that love you. And I think it's a very important day. And most people think it's about boyfriends and girlfriends, but that's just, you know, been over-publicized. And I think it's a great time to even reflect on how much God loves you. Like, so there's really no point in being upset that you don't have a boyfriend or you don't have a husband on this particular Valentine's Day. I think I've been single every single Valentine's Day. Um, Yeah, every Valentine's Day, I've never had a boyfriend. You know, I don't want a boyfriend on Valentine's Day. Like, I love being able to appreciate my family and my friends and taking that love to another level where you're like, hey, I got you this because I really appreciate you and I also I know it's your favorite chocolate, that type of thing. I think it's a great way to really love the people that you're with. Um, you know, and God even says love your neighbor so you don't even have to keep it in as your friends. He even says, you know, Jesus says in How to Pray, you know, he says, our kingdom, right? You know, he's talking about everybody. Yep. He's talking about everybody. And so I think it's just important to take a step back and say, you know, it's a good day to also forgive people if you struggle with something like that. You know, somebody's wronged you and you're just having a really tough time forgiving it. It's a good day to do that because you're already surrounded by people that love you. And, you know, you don't want that person to control your life. So that's, that's really why I love Valentine's Day. I know a lot of people don't, but I really think it's a wonderful holiday of love and goodness and all of that. Um, I wanted to talk about a passage that I read um, in Luke. It's Luke ten thirty-eight to 42. And it's this small paragraph, but the feminist in me always... Uh, pulls out these passages about obscure women in the Bible, because, you know, we all hear about Ruth and Esther, you know, they're a little over-dramatized in my uh, opinion, so I really, I really like that when there's these small, obscure women in the Bible, they, they always have big messages, which I think is an important factor about womanhood, like, we may be small, but, you know, we, we have important things to say, we're the pillars of our family, um, that's a passage in the Bible, I just don't remember where, it's somewhere in the Old Testament, I think it's in, uh, something David was talking about, or whatever, I'm really not good at remembering the verses, the only time, the only reason I remember the verses on this one is because I wrote them down this time, thinking ahead, but anywho, so, this is actually a really wonderful little short paragraph in the Bible, and basically what happens is Jesus goes to this woman named Martha's house, and she lives there with her sister Mary, and Martha is doing all of the host things, you know, all the things that hosts do, you know, getting water for everybody, cleaning the dishes, etc., etc., and Mary is sitting there at Jesus's feet just taking in what all he's saying, right, and so Martha gets a little mad because her sister's not helping her, and the Son of God is in her house, and she's not helping, like, she thinks she's being spoiled, and, you know, she says, hey, Jesus, make her do what she's supposed to do. Make Mary help me in the kitchen. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled by many things, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion. So I think it's really important because it's easy for us to get caught up in the world. Like Martha's so, or yeah, Martha's so invested in trying to, please all of her guests she doesn't take into account that god especially the son of god doesn't need 
any of this host type thing. Like all he needs to do is create disciples, right? And that's why Mary has chosen the good portion. I think sometimes we miss the mark or we miss God listening to us because we're so enthralled in our own lives and our own worries and troubles when the only thing we need is God. Because he's not concerned with how well of a host you are at your own party, right? If, you know, the Son of God is talking to you, you sit down and you listen and then you roll with whatever he's t telling you. And I think that's one of the, I think that's a great message in the Bible and I feel like it's overlooked, overlooked at. I've never heard of Martha up until the other day when I was reading it. Um, I do try to read every day, but, you know, it takes a lot of time to read Old Testament, New Testament, and a psalm. So it really just depends on the day, but I do try to do some form of reading, even if it's, you know, just part of my daily reading. I try to catch up on Sundays, but, um, yeah, so, uh, Pastor Rick Warren this past week had an amazing couple of sermons, uh, on his Daily Hope episodes, if you haven't listen to those. I do highly recommend that you do. Um, I'm in a cliff note version here, obviously, and kind of apply it to what we're looking for. So I saw, I listened to Four Steps of Faith. Um, so basically, you know, Peter and all of his fishing guys are upset because they haven't caught anything, right? This is in Luke, by the way, Luke 5. So you know, they're like, oh, Lord, there hasn't been any fish all day. And Jesus comes over and he says, oh, I'll make sure there's fish. So he gets in the boat with them and he's like, hey, cast your net there, right? So they cast their net there and wow, lots of fish. They even had to call over another boat because their boat started sinking because there was so much fish. And there hadn't been fish in the lake for 10 hours or so, right? Just zero fish. But what's really important about that part is you know, they believed it would happen. The Son of God was there. So they believed that the fish would be there. If Jesus tells you to cast your net somewhere, are you even going to doubt that you're not going to get at least one fish? Like, hello. Jesus is like, hey, put your net there. You should do that because he's not going to let you come up empty. Jesus is never going to let you come up empty. Um... So think of, think of this boat as your job, your, your means, of, means of income, right? Your means of living, right? And so if it's really what they did was they gave their boat to Jesus. They said, Jesus said, can I stand in your boat? I want to talk to all these people in the boat and on the shore because, you know, being the genius that, you know, son of God that Jesus was, uh, he knew that if he talked over the water, everyone could hear him, so he wanted to get in their boat, and they were complaining about the fish and all of that, and then Jesus said, well, just cast your net there, and there'll be tons of fish, and so there were tons and tons and tons of fish that they had to call over a whole other boat, and Jesus blessed them so much for giving their boat, i.e. their means of income, that was their job, they were fishermen, giving, you know, that to Jesus, Jesus blessed them so much that they had so much more blessing to share with all of the people around them. And I think that's really important because a lot of us like to turn Jesus off when we go to work. I know I was one of them. I mean, I'm not employed right now. And, you know, when I get my new job, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make Je I'm going to make my boat, my job, a platform for Jesus. Right. Like, that's so important. And if you're not doing that now, make the change like that's. 
you're you're using you know 80 percent of your waking day not talking about jesus which is your number one purpose as a christian right so that's also why i started this podcast because it's like i need a purpose and god was like hey i've been telling you about a purpose for weeks i was like i mean you're right you're right you've been telling me like first i was like maybe i'll just start a journal but guys i hate journaling i've tried journaling i'm not a journaler Clearly, I'm a talker, right? So I was like, maybe I'll start some podcasts, you know, just keep them for myself so I can go listen to them. And then God was like, why would, what, what would be the point in that? I'm sorry. Um, you, you can talk to people on the internet, right? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, but that's kind of scary. And he's like, referring back to this Pastor Rick Warren passage that I heard. And he's like, obey Jesus, even when it doesn't make sense to you. Like, go deep, and it's just, you want to go into the deeper waters with him. Um, He told me to cast my net, you know, doing this podcast, I'm doing that. He's telling me to cast my net at this job, which I don't think I'm entirely qualified for. But, you know, that's none of my business. I don't know God's business. I don't know his plans for my life. God's saying, hey, go after this job and do everything you can to get it. And I'm doing it. Like, you know, I've studied really hard for this interview and I think I, I think I did pretty good and you know I'm confident that I'm gonna come go in next week for the last interview because God's like hey throw your net over there because I'm not wasting a month of your life I want you to build in faith and I want you to build a boat so I'm building my boat right and Jesus is gonna get in it as soon as I get there because that's not something I was doing at my other job. I would occasionally mention Jesus, but I would also be embarrassed to do it. And as a Christian, if you really love Jesus, why would you be embarrassed about it? Like, you know, when you're talking about your parents, you're not embarrassed about them. Why are you embarrassed about God, right? Um, you know, if, you're, if you feel kind of like whatever you're doing isn't working, that's the best time to do it, to focus on God because you need to admit that what you're trying to do in your little world isn't working. God's got greater plans for you. If you're like, hey God, I don't know where to cast my net. I've been casting it in this lake all day. All I need is some help. God will hear you. He already knows what you want, right? He just wants you to ask. He wants you to acknowledge that you needed his help. And all of a sudden, you're going to have some help in his time, right? Um... And you've got to do it his way. You remember, like, last episode, we're saying your will, your way, your timing. That's, you know, all of God. It's all his will, his way, his timing. Um, and, you know, when you do get a job, you don't work for the company. Your job is to be a ministry for Jesus, right? You know, your job is just secondary so Jesus can help you get bread. But even if you didn't have a job, Jesus is going to provide for you. Jesus has been providing me in this whole period of unemployment. Um... And you know, God, God doesn't want to stop at getting you the job. He wants to continue to bless you. He, he wants to bless you so much that it spills over into all of the people around you. So, working for a company, why wouldn't you want God to bless your company, right? You want God to bless the work that you're doing so it can be felt by all of the others. You just want it to trickle down, per se, right? You want it to magnify on everybody else because you're getting blessed so much that it resonates with everybody um and you know what's really great about this story i know i'm getting kind of long but um what's really great about this story jesus says leave your boats i know we just put all this fish in here but leave your boats 
and come walk with me. And guys, they left all of that fish. Do you know how much money they would have made? They left it all. But why'd they leave it? Because Jesus is the Son of God, and there are way better things to come. If Jesus blesses you, and he tells you to leave your blessing or give it away, then you should do that. And if that hurts, if that actually causes you pain, you don't love Jesus as much as your boat. Does that make sense? Okay. So, a good way to practice not loving your boat so much is to devote your boat to Jesus, right? So if Jesus gets out of the boat, you should follow Jesus, right? And that's exactly what the disciples did. They got out of their boats and they went with Jesus because there are greater, greater miracles to come. That was just a fraction of what Jesus can do, right? So Pastor Rick Warren, at the end of this, he asked, are you going to walk away? Will you walk away? Can you even fathom walking away? If you can't, there's got to be a reprioritization, right? God should be your source of income, right? God's, you know, even in, when Jesus tells you how to pray, he says, give this day our daily bread. He's going to provide for you. You're not going to starve to death, okay? If you have faith that God's going to provide for you, he's going to bless you, that's great, right? Like, he's going to do all those things for you because it's in his plan. And if it's not in his plan, move on, you know? Follow what he's saying because obviously what you're doing isn't working. All right, so I just want to say, you know, after this one, they decide that they're going to go to another town across the river, a couple ways down from the river, right? It's supposed to be, if you look on the map, I don't remember what these two towns are called, but probably like a three-hour graph, three-hour boat ride if you're in like one of those old-timey boats, right? Um, hang on, let me find the page. Okay, so this is also by Pastor Rick Warren. It's called When You're Sinking, Okay. And I feel like I sound like uh, Mr. Mackey off of uh, South Park. Okay, okay, sorry. Side note, I watch a lot of South Park. It's mildly amusing. So this, this next part with uh, Pastor Rick Warren uh, is called when, you're, when, you, when You Feel Like You're Sinking, right? Um, let's, let's talk about the story that Pastor Rick's referring to here. This one is... They're trying to get to a city on the other side of the river, probably, you know, your three-hour boat, and I know I just said that I'm rambling, but, um, so Peter and all the gang, they're in their boat, right, and all of a sudden it starts storming. It's just like, Rah! storms, right? Okay? And, you know, there's no hope, right? They're sinking, their boat's becoming full of water, it's a little strange, because, you know, you're on a river, and Jesus is on the shore. And they're all screaming, help me, help me, help me, Jesus. And so he walks out onto the water. And so they're all like, oh my gosh, but hey, we're still sinking. And Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me and I will come to you. And Jesus says, it is I, come to me. And so Peter gets out of the boat and walks towards Jesus in the middle of the storm on the water. Being the only human being in human history to ever walk on water, mind you. So, you know, Pastor Rick makes a really funny joke about like, oh, would you, would you, uh, win in the Olympics? He goes, oh, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who can walk on the water, right? I thought that was a really cute way of putting it. But anyway, so Peter walks out on the water towards Jesus, right? And all of a sudden he starts looking around and he starts sinking. But 
and he starts sinking and he's like jesus jesus help me help me i'm sinking and jesus comes over and you know he's he quiets the storm and he says you have so little faith why did you doubt and that's that's the important part there are a lot of important parts in just this passage um pastor rick coins this phrase saying when i trust instead of think i walk instead of sink right so keeping keeping a focus on jesus when everything around you feels like a storm like i just had a dream today where literally i was drowning in a storm weird i know <laughs> going into an interview and you're drowning in a storm's pretty pretty hectic but um uh so um yeah so what peter did was he had faith right he didn't say you have no faith right he said you have little faith um everyone else who was still in the boat had no faith they're they're holding on for dear life back there right and peter's the only one that got out to go to jesus right you know back to that going to jesus because jesus is where you know safety is um he's where love is and you know all of that and peter knew that so peter got out of the boat after jesus confirmed it was him and he had to confirm it was jesus because you know sometimes we get caught up in our own minds like hey is this my idea or is it god's idea right um and it's kind of hard to tell that sometimes so you really have to do a lot of introspection and prayer on decisions that you're making because they might not be God's decisions they might be your decisions and that's where you might end up in a bad bad place right you know anything that's negative or vindictive is obviously not from God right so if you're doing things in selfishness you need to admit that to him you say you know yeah I was selfish you know thinking about these things um, but you know, if you if you start getting and it starts getting the storm starts getting heavier and heavier and scarier and scarier, and you start looking around, and you start doubting, you're gonna sink, right? You should always focus on your faith with Jesus. Like even today, I was struggling with doubt after my interview. I mean, I haven't heard back from them yet, but I am pretty confident that I am gonna hear back from them. Um, but you know, right after it. You know, the devil came in, he's like, you know, you forgot this, you forgot this, um, you probably could have said this. You know, that happens to everybody. You know, even having a conversation with a friend, you're like, oh, I should have said this. You know, that would have been a great, you know, point. Um, you know, giving a presentation, you're like, oh, I totally forgot this whole part of my presentation. But, you know, you didn't say it, and that's in the past. Like, you know, behind Peter were his friends that were sinking, but Jesus was right in front of him on the water, but he started looking around and he started having doubts. So it's really important that, you know, when you're sinking, you do these, I think it's five? Yeah, five things that Rick says to do when you feel like you're sinking. You need to have courage. You know, the closer you're walking to Jesus, the storm's going to get harder and harder, but Jesus isn't going to let you drown. Jesus didn't let Peter drown. He grabbed him out of the water and he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Right? Um, then you need to re redirect your fear. If you're fear feeling fearful, you need to re redirect that to Jesus. You need to make God, you need to make that fear serve, serve God. Um, and you don't you don't want to ask God to bless what you're already doing, right? You want to do you want to, you want to do what God is blessing. So that's what's important about checking to make sure if it's your idea, Satan's idea, or God's idea, right? So 
if God's not blessing that, you know, that marriage, that job, and you're just going after it, you know, maybe that boy, you know, that boy in school that you're so obsessed with and you think he's so handsome and, you know, he has, he's a perfect Christian or something like that, and every time you try to do something about it, it doesn't work, or you kind of feel doubts about this boy, you're probably, that's probably your idea, right? You know, if God's trying to get in there and, you know, tell you, like, hey, this isn't the path I want you on, you're just like, oh, I'm not listening to you, God, because I know what I'm doing, and you don't, right? That's exactly what Abraham did, right? And then, you, you know, product of Ishmael, Abraham did that, said, oh, well, God said I'm going to have a baby, so I'm going to take it into my own hands, right? No. God said I'm going to have a job, but I'm not taking it into my own hands. I'm doing enough to open the doors of opportunity. So you don't want to take it, you don't want to take it too far. You want to be on the same page that God wants you on. Because God's, you know, 5,000 bazillion pages ahead of you. Like, he's already written the story. It's just your job to follow the story. If you don't follow the story, the book gets longer, right? And longer and longer. And it's just, you want to keep that book as short and succinct as possible so that you can serve God. And, you know, you start to have faith. Um, the important thing, you know, when the storm starts getting rough, when you start getting all these feelings of doubt after you were so confident with God about something, um, you need to stay focused on Jesus. You know, you need to increase... Uh, your worship time. Uh, Peter looked around, and he was terrified. And that's when he started sinking, because he he lost his courage. He had courage when he knew it was Jesus. And then he got scared, because the storm around him was so much. But if he had just walked over to Jesus, he could have high-fived him and walked on the water a little bit more with him. And Jesus would have still saved him. But he made it that much longer of a story by sinking, you know? Um... You know, God, and Jesus already knew this kind of thing was going to happen, right? Jesus already prayed about it. He's like, God, you know, forgive his doubt, that kind of thing. Um, and then fourthly, you need to trust God, don't doubt. And, you know, coining that phrase again, Pastor Rick's like, when I trust instead of think, I walk instead of sink. And if you need to write that down on your bathroom mirror, your refrigerator, anywhere, you're going to see it all the time. That's a good way, that's a great little phrase, right? And it rhymes too, so you'll remember it. Um, and, you know, if God tells you to take a risk, take the risk. Get out of the boat, because Jesus is standing right there waiting for you. All you have to do is focus on him and just keep going, right? Right. All right. So just focus on Jesus take the risk, and keep going, okay? Even if it's scary, even if you don't feel like you're enough, God knows that you're enough, and he's going to mold you into be enough for that position as long as you keep faith with him. And don't just do it, you know, after you get whatever you want. Be like, oh, thanks, God. All right, bye. See you later when I start taking my own control, start doing my own thing. You know, like when I was fishing and throwing my net everywhere because I thought I could find fish better than Jesus, right? Don't do that. Keep up your faith. Don't just be like, oh, thanks, God. All right, see you next time. Otherwise, your book's going to get longer and longer. And I've done that all my life. But you know what? I'm making a change in my life right now. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to make Jesus the number one focus in my life. And if you're not doing it, I really encourage you to do it because I've felt so happy in these past two months just focusing on the Lord. 
Um, and, you know, I want to leave you guys, since I am actually a little over time, I want to leave you guys with one thing from my church. It was our Old Testament, um, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 8, 1-3, right? And this was um, from Reverend Mark Lamphy at uh, Sequoia Hills Presbyterian Church. And I'll, you know, obviously link everything I'm talking about below so you can watch the full version of it if you feel so inclined, which I do recommend that you do. But like I said, if you don't have the time, this is a pretty good cliff notes of it. Um, so Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3 says, One does not live by bread alone, but by the word of the Lord. And God is all you need, because he will provide even as he does for all of the creatures of the earth. So even the sparrows. Sparrows get all of their food, right? Um, God doesn't forget about them, so he's definitely not going to forget about you, right? God loves you. And I just want you guys to know that if God loves the sparrows, he loves you. He takes care of every living creature because he loves everything, because he created everything. He's your holy father. He loves you. So I hope that this episode really helps you today, gave you some encouragement to go about your week and into next week. You know, sit on this on Sunday. If you're hearing it today, sit on it on Sunday. You know, it's just 29-ish minutes of your time today. Um, I really hope that it, it hit somewhere for you guys. So thank you for listening. Leave me a comment if you enjoyed it. Um, and have a good, have a good one, guys.